Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast. I'm the FPL General, recording on Tuesday the 10th of December from a very wet and windy Glasgow, so hopefully the microphone doesn't pick up too much of the storm outside the window and fingers crossed my internet will survive this next half an hour as well. So going to look ahead to game week 17, it's nice to be recording on a Tuesday again, it's nice to have a normal schedule this week because last week was was the busiest one of the year for me trying to get content out there with the midweek deadline and everything else so it's it's nice, the weather might not be calm but at least my, my working week is a little bit calmer this week. So same format as usual, going to get straight into it, no new members of the 59th Minute Club this week. There was some very close calls, uh, a couple of, uh, actually three 58-minute appearances, John Stones, Marvellous Nakamba and Joe Ellington at Newcastle, so all three of those guys were very lucky to uh, to avoid getting uh, the unwanted membership card for the 59th-minute club. Trent Alexander-Arnold came off the bench and played 50 minutes so missed out on the clean sheet points by just 10 minutes so that was frustrating for me as an owner of course I sold Robertson when Liverpool decided to keep a clean sheet but the legend that is Martin Kelly who was his replacement managed to outscore him so that wasn't I didn't I didn't mind that too much a quick review of game week 16 how did it go for me it wasn't great it wasn't awful 57 points uh, it was Enough to give me a third red arrow on the bounce from 288k overall dropped to 342k. So again, rank-wise, I don't tend to worry about rank too much at this stage of the season because the only rank that matters is where you are in game week 38. But obviously I would like to be a little bit higher at this point uh, or lower depending on how you look at it. But again, you know, wildcard's still available, all chips still available. So I'm still pretty hopeful of, of a good finish this season. And there's a question later about, you know, what do we regard as a good season nowadays? You know, um, so I'll come back to that uh, question when, when I'm at that section. Um, again, a bit last couple of weeks, it's really only been, you know, three or four players every week that have been getting points for me. And it was the same in game week 16. Um, I captain Vardy, so I've had Vardy for five weeks, I've captained him for five weeks, so he solved all my, you know, captaincy problems that I was having earlier in the season, so good to see him uh, get the points again, Deli Ali, who I brought in for uh, Tielemans, so that was a double move, I had two free transfers, I got rid of Robertson and Tielemans, and I brought in Kelly and Ali, so those those two transfers worked out pretty well, uh, Kelly and Ali outscored the other two, 17 points to 8 in game week 16 so hopefully Kelly and Ali can con- continue that over the next couple of game weeks um, so yeah it was Vardy captain, Ali points Kelly points and Jimenez with the assist were the only four players who did anything for me 7 blanks Manny didn't turn up so Cantwell came off the bench for a, a massive one pointer, uh, Dean Henderson made a fabulous save in that game I wish I didn't see it because it just uh, it just annoyed me seeing it. Cantwell was denied by by a very good save by Henderson. Yeah, so blanks from Cantwell, De Bruyne, uh, another one for Wilfred Zaha. I'll come back to him later because there's a question. Uh, Abraham, blank, uh, and absolutely nothing from the defenders and goalkeeper apart from Kelly. So a zero pointer from Nick Pope. Well done to anyone who moved to Goeta a couple of weeks ago from Nick Pope. That was a good move. 
Nothing from Trent, as I mentioned, and nothing from Lundstrom again either. I think that's five games without a clean sheet now for Sheffield United, so they're not as tight as they were. Lundstrom, though, is is going nowhere. He was um, he was unlucky not to get attacking points in that game. He, he arguably could have had an assist for the Baldock goal, and I think he had the ball in the back of the net as well, which was ruled out for VAR. So, um, yeah, Lund- Lundstrom stays, no, no issues there. But overall... Uh, a pretty disappointing game week. You know, 57 points in, in, in any week is usually okay. But it was the fact that so many players that I didn't own, you know, performed really well. You know, the Rashfords, Aubameyangs, Madison has been hurting me last couple of weeks as well. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully game week 17 is better than, than game week 16 was. A quick watch list update. Uh Five players I've added to my watch list following game week 16. First one is Anthony Martial, 7.6 million. Back in the starting 11 and back on the score sheet against Manchester City. Took his goal really well. United have great fixtures coming up as well. You know, two great results against Spurs and City. Now we face Everton, Watford, Newcastle, and Burnley. And then it's Arsenal, which is a good fixture for attackers as well. So, um, I like Martial as an option. I do prefer Rashford. Rashford is on fire in the last couple of games. So Rashford's a guy I would probably prioritise there over Martial. But I think if cash is an issue, that Martial is a fine alternative there as well. Um, obviously, injury-prone players, which I don't like, which is you know why I like Rashford there as well. And, and penalties. Rashford seems to be taking all the penalties the last couple of weeks as well. So that's another plus in his favour. Um Richarlison, 7.8 million at Everton. Uh, four goals in his last five games for Richarlison. So he's, you know, he's. We've got to take notice of what he's doing now. Even though he's a player, he can be a quite quite a frustrating FPL asset to own over the last couple of years. And I, I just think at 7.8 million, there's a lot of other options. You know, Madison, Martial, Pulisic, you know, Grealish. There's probably a lot of options I would go to before I would go to Richarlison. But he's definitely one to to think about at least. Um, but I do I do prefer those alternatives at the minute. But he's 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 on the watch list, and, and I'll keep an eye on him over the next couple of games. A lot depends on you know what happens with the managerial position there with with Everton. We need to wait and see who's going to come in and how that affects Richarlison and the rest of the team. Harry Kane is back on my watch list. He's been on it. He's been off it. He's back on it now. I think any player who scores sixteen points, you have to take notice. Ten point nine million Harry costs these days. Um, you know, great performance against Burnley, but he's not going to play Burnley every week at home. Uh, two great goals. Uh, I do like Spurs fixtures, 19, 20 and 21. So I think a lot of people will be eyeing up Harry Kane for that little spell over Christmas with, with captaincy in mind there as well. But when it comes to Spurs, I'm still, you know, I still favour Ali and Son, you know, as a double up rather than, you know, I've got Ali. I'm going to be looking to get Son in rather than Harry Kane. I just prefer him as an option. You know, midfielder, extra point for a goal, can get a clean sheet point as well. I just think he's he could easily outscore uh, Kane in terms of goals as well between now and the end of the season. So I much prefer Hyungman's son. But Kane, definitely an option. You know, bit of a differential as well. You know, not a lot of people have him, you know, uh, in the top 100k. Uh, looking at some of the stats here as well from Fantasy Football Hub this morning. Kane had six shots, so that's what we like to see. That's what we've seen of Kane in, in seasons gone by, you know, five or six shots a game. Uh, just two of them were on target, though, and he did have just three touches in the opposition penalty area. So some good stats there and, and some bad stats as well. So make that make of that what you wish. 
A uh, couple of defenders I've added to the watch list this week as well. Johnny Evans, he's gone up to 5.2 million now, so he's 0.1 million more expensive than Soyunku. Scored a goal at the weekend. Um, he's actually Evans is actually outscoring Soyunku now for the season at 75 to 70 in terms of FPL points there. Again, looking at the stats, one that jumped out at me this week was Johnny Evans, four shots in the box. So a lot of this, a lot of Madison set pieces, you know, he tries to find Evans uh, with those. And in that goal that Evans scored at the weekend, you could see Soyunku was doing the blocking off to, to allow Evans to get that space. And it was an excellent header. You know, um, I didn't expect him to score it. Stuck it in the top corner. Really good header that gave the keeper no chance. So I probably still prefer Soyunku. Um, especially now that he is, you know, point one cheaper than Evans, uh, but I think both both are really good options, and and I do prefer those two centre backs as opposed to forking out the cash for the for the full backs. Pereira is quite expensive, Chilwell not so much, but again, it's what is he's about six million now. Um, so I do like the cash saving for the centre backs, who you know both of them are attacking threats as well. So Yonku, I don't know how he didn't score at the weekend. Ball hit. Tom Heaton in the face. I don't know how he. I don't know how he managed to save that. Pure, pure luck, really. Um, so on another day, Soyunku would have been on the score sheet again, and that would have been another Madison assist. So Madison is a player I really want to get as well as soon as possible. Another defender added to my watch list: Gary Cahill, Crystal Palace, four point five million. Picked up two bonus points in that game against Watford to get himself eight points coming back from injury. I brought in Martin Kelly, uh, who got me eight points. So I'm very happy with Kelly, and I think he's going to be a you know a good asset to have over the next couple of weeks. And I just really like Crystal Palace defensively because you know they do struggle to score goals. They sit back and defend. You know a lot of defensive-minded midfielders in there, the likes of MacArthur, Milivojevic, and, and Kuyati and these guys. So you know they do set up um, really well, and they're very hard to break down. So I like the goalkeeper. I like Kelly. And I like Gary Cahill as well, if you don't have any Palace defenders already. Kelly's up to 4.3. Now, Cahill's only 0.2 more, which, you know, he might be, you know, a more secure long-term um, player in that in that defence. Well, I've, I've, I've just added Kelly to, to the watch list. And I haven't ruled out, haven't actually ruled out a, a Palace double-up as well. Just long-term, they've got really good fixtures, so, so I do like them defensively. Five players that have been removed from my watch list this week very quickly. Matt Doherty, uh, as much as I love him, you know, going forward, Wolves have only got one clean sheet in their last eight games. A couple of tricky fixtures coming up. They've got Spurs coming up soon as well. So Doherty's just too expensive anyway this season. Uh, and four strikers have gone from the watch list. Chris Wood, last two game weeks, he's played 64 minutes and 58 minutes. His stats have dropped off as well. Burnley are just pretty rubbish. You know, so I'm not really interested in any of their players. Uh, Lacazette benched by Freddie Youngberg. What are you doing, Freddie? Lacazette is one of your best attackers. Just don't understand that one unless there's a an injury there that we don't know about. But I didn't watch the Arsenal game last night. Uh, sounded like it was a pretty awful game, as they often are between teams like Arsenal and West Ham these days. Um, but by all means, the guy Martinelli. You know, played really well and got himself on the score sheet. So that's probably not good news for Lacazette. The young kid could, could keep his place, you know, while Youngberg is there. So that puts me right off Lacazette. Gabriel Jesus is gone as well because Aguero will probably be back pretty soon. So it's probably too late to get on the, the Jesus bandwagon now. Uh, and I've, I've removed Mason Greenwood as well because with Martial back in the team, uh, 
Greenwood's probably not going to get much game game time. So that's just a quick watch list update. Moving on to the questions now. Lots of really good questions this week. So I've picked out seven of the best, which covers some of the main talking points. First one came in from FPL King. Uh, is Ali and Son the new Sterling and KDB? So, simple answer is I think they probably are. You know, Spurs are looking pretty hot going forward uh, last couple of game weeks. Um, I brought in Ali. I would like to bring in Son as well. I like that double up now. I think I probably mentioned last week that I wasn't too keen on the double up, but the way they played against Burnley has me a lot more interested now. Yeah, and I just love Son. You know, I don't like not owning him. You know, I, I, I hate going into weekends without him because you just know what he's going to do. He's so greedy. He's so good. You know, he's got 15 pointers in him any given game week. So I really want to get him in as soon as I can. Um, is Allianz on the new Sterling and De Bruyne? I got rid of Sterling and, you know, I'm not looking back there. You know, he's, he's just not doing it for his price tag. Much prefer to have Son or Ali over Sterling. De Bruyne is the big question mark for me. So I've still got him. I've been saying all along that he's a, he's a season keeper because he's underpriced this season. But for the first time this season, I'm starting to waver a little bit on De Bruyne. It's not, I'm not really concerned with him. It's more Man City I'm concerned with. You know, losing to United now, the, the, the league's gone for them. You know, they're not, they're not going to catch Liverpool this season. So will we see Pep start to rotate more possibly? Will he start to, you know, prioritise Champions League as, as the best, you know, chance of silverware and maybe other competitions, cup competitions as well? De Bruyne, we know with his injury record that he's unlikely to start every game over the busy Christmas period. So I do have a few doubts over De Bruyne now. Um, the hard part about it is he does have Arsenal next. And, you know, looking at De Bruyne's underlying stats from that United game, he was the best, by far and away, the best Man City attacker. Uh, and, you know, he has been over the last couple of game weeks as well. So will those underlying stats start, will we start seeing him convert them into FPL points, hopefully, for those of us who keep him. Uh, I think I'm going to keep De Bruyne for uh, the Arsenal game, just because it's Arsenal and, and defensively they're not very good. So De Bruyne could exploit that. But I think if it wasn't for blank game week 18 coming up, and I've got you know other priorities really in my team that I need to address for that blank game week 18 to make sure I have... 11 starters that week I think if it wasn't for that I would be much more likely to just do the De Bruyne to Son switch this week even though Son has Wolves away and Chelsea at home that really doesn't scare me off Son you know I think he can he can do really well in both of those fixtures so I do like the De Bruyne to Son switch simple as but for me I'm probably going to end up waiting a little bit longer for to make that switch question from Alex Ball um, Alex is a top top manager and he and he's struggling this season he's, I think he's about 1.7 million so Alex's question is what advice would you give to us managers who take the game very seriously but things are not going right and are losing the enjoyment of the game so there's going to be a lot of people in this you know scenario and I can relate to it uh, 100% going back to last season you know last season was a was a real struggle for me um, it was a real grind and, and things never just, you know, things never took off for me last season and, and I, I, it was my worst ever season. I finished about, I think it was about 516k uh, overall. So it was a real slog, just a nightmare of a season. And, you know, a lot of people are having having a similar season this season to what I had last year. You know, a lot of top, top managers, uh, you know, even looking at, at the Elite 64 League that I run, there's a lot of top managers still ranked 2 million, 3 million. Um, so Alex, you're not alone here. 
Um, what what advice would I give to managers who are struggling? I think the most important point about this question is if you're losing your enjoyment of the game, you need to take a step back and find a way of enjoying it because if you're not enjoying the game, you know, really we shouldn't be playing it. That 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 is number one. And it's obviously it's the hardest thing to do with FPL a lot of the time is to enjoy it when things are not going well. Um but I think it's something I've I've become good at over the last maybe uh, two or three seasons whereas before I would have taken it very seriously and let it affect my my mood and my daily life and stuff like that and I've, I've had to kind of train myself not to do that because you know there is more to life and, and it is just a game at the end of the day you know I'm coming off the back of of three red arrows things are frustrating but I'm still enjoying the game you know we're looking forward to recording this podcast today um, and again you've just got to find a way to enjoy it and you've got to just keep plucking away you've got to probably you know set yourself small targets uh you know take small steps game week by game week just try and chip away at that overall rank or chip away at those people who are ahead of you in your mini league um you know set yourself many targets you know we've got a very busy period now set yourself a target of of where you want to be on january 1st you know maybe try and chip away you know three or four hundred k off your rank and then just try and smash the second half of the season you know there's there's a lot of games still to be played you know, most people still have chips as well, and the chips haven't been great in recent seasons. But you know, this this season could be the one where you know triple captaincies get you know seventy five points, or, or or bench boosts get thirty to forty points, which can make a huge difference. Um, so yeah, just just try and stay positive. You know, just chip away week to week, and, and just just find a way of enjoying the game. Um, because because at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying it, you've you've got to you've got to ask yourself, you know, wh- why am I playing it? And that should be everyone's goal, whether you're doing well or you're doing badly. This is a game that should be enjoyed by everyone. You know, no matter how good or bad you're doing. Um, so just try try and have a positive mindset. Because if you don't have a positive mindset, um you know a negative mindset will lead to bad decisions it will lead to overthinking just just keep doing the obvious things you know obvious captains you know obvious players look for good form good fixtures good stats and and just keep chipping away things can change very quickly you know if you put a run of three or four game weeks together you can jump a million places in no time so just try and stay positive is the main message there question from aditya sen is Rashford becoming essential or should managers keep the faith with the VAJ? I'll say the VAJ rather than saying it the other way. So is Rashford essential or should managers keep the faith with Fardy, Abraham and Jimenez? No player is essential. No player is ever essential in FPL. There's a lot of different ways to play this game. Um, and you know there will be people who don't have Vardy right now and haven't had him all season who will still probably finish you know top 50k. So you know, don't don't let fear rule your 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 motives here. Um, Rashford has been looking extremely good in the last couple of fixtures. You know, against against Spurs and City. So I really want him. He's right up there near the top of my most wanted list, if not the number one uh, going into game week seventeen. So the one I would probably move him for is Jimenez. You know, Vardy and Abraham. I've got both of them, and and I'm, 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 it hasn't even crossed my mind to sell either. Um, so Jimenez is probably the guy that needs to go if I want to fit in Rashford and you know watching the Wolves game uh, against Brighton to me Jimenez looked absolutely shattered in that game you know he's played a lot of football he he very rarely gets gets benched even with all the Europa League games as well so maybe he needs a rest I think he is suspended for the Europa League this week so at least he's got a week off this week before the Spurs game it's 
I think a lot of people are going to keep him because he has Norwich in game week 18. Now, is he worth keeping? I think Josie was asking this question. Is it worth keeping Jimenez just for that Norwich fixture in game week 18 at the expense of like the likes of, of Rashford or Abraham? And I, I don't think it is. I think I would rather own Abraham or Rashford for the next two weeks as opposed to keeping Jimenez for Spurs and then Norwich. Um, you know, looking at the stats as well, going back to those, you know, looking at the Wolves-Brighton game, uh, I think Jota had six shots and, and Jimenez had zero shots. So that that's slightly worrying uh, for us Jimenez owners. He, he did create four chances in the game though. So, you know, he's, Jimenez has always got that. Even if he's not scoring goals, he's he's creating chances, which, which is a bonus with him. Um, but for me, yeah, I, th- I think selling Jimenez is fine uh, ahead of Spurs. You know, Spurs, Mourinho has been talking up this week that he's going to give a lot of the, you know, the first team players uh, the night off in the Champions League. And, he, and he, I think there's been quotes that he's going to work really, you know, intensely with the defence this week. Um, so he's got a full week to, to work with those defenders. And, and it wouldn't be a surprise to see Mourinho come out against Wolves and get a clean sheet off the back of that. So I think selling Jimenez is fine. I think keeping him is fine as well. And I may end up keeping him myself because I would probably need a minus four to get to Rashford. Um, so, I, you know, as much as I would like to get Rashford in, I think keeping him in his four Spurs and Norwich is, is fine as well. I think going back to last season, I'm pretty sure him and his scored against Spurs home and away. So hopefully good vibes there uh, when, when him and his, you know, sees those Spurs shirts from last season that he can get himself on the score sheet again. And obviously Norwich game week 18 is a very attractive fixture and Jimenez is actually a pretty viable captaincy option that week because there's not many other very good captains in that game week. So again, you know, it depends on your on your own setup. If you can get to Rashford easily or if you don't have Abraham and if you can get to, to Abraham easily from Jimenez, I think that's fine. I would like to, I wouldn't like to not have Abraham for that fixture against Bournemouth this weekend. You know, uh, Nathan Ake, their best defender, is out injured now. So it's, you know, Bournemouth are in a relegation scrap. Uh, they've got so many injuries, you know, a bad run of form. So Chelsea could Chelsea could blow them away this weekend if they're in the mood. So I'm, I'm hopeful that, that Abraham will, will, will do really well this weekend. Question from Shiva FPL. Uh, another good question here. With the increased number of people playing FPL, ready-made stats and content should the measure of a good season be lower than it was five years ago in other words is finishing 50k now equivalent to finishing 10k five years ago so i think this is important a lot of us you know set set top 10k as as a target but you know i, I probably said it a, you know on a, on a podcast earlier in the season as well that we do re, we, we have to readjust that because you know, there's what well, there's over seven million players playing now. Go back five years ago, there was only two or three million. So just simply because of the number of you know competitors that you have now, the number of people you're up against, um, you know, top ten k is very very hard to get nowadays. So I think the way I look at it now is if you get a top one hundred k finish, you've had a good season. If you've had a top, if you can get a top fifty k finish, you've had a very good season. And if you can get a top 10k finish, you've had an excellent season. And, you know, to go one step for, for, uh, further, if you get a top 1k finish, you can call yourself a legend. You can buy yourself you can buy yourself one of those fantasy football legend t-shirts uh, this summer. So, yeah, I, th- I think you, d- you have to readjust. You know, and I'm, I'm sitting at 300, about 350k now. 
if someone offered me a top 50k finish right now, would I take it? Yes, 100%. I think a top 50k finish is, is a really good season. Um, but again, obviously, I'm, I'm still targeting that initial you know, start of the season. I always target top 10k, and that is still my target. Uh, and I think it is definitely still achievable as well. So that's just a few thoughts there. You know, don't sit, don't don't beat yourself up if you don't get a top 10k, or, or if you're, you know, lagging behind. You know, top 50k, top 100k. You know, they, that's really good seasons there as well. Given how many people are playing the game now, obviously you need a lot of luck to go your way. You know, we, we're seeing it. We're seeing it with with a lot of people this season who are doing really well. You know, they're getting a lot of luck. You know, they're they're looking into you know the uh, Bruyne vice captaincies. They're looking into. 21 points from Lundstrom off the bench. They're looking into, you know, Var, you know, Captain and Manny this week and, and having a good vice-captain. So, you know, you, the stars do need to align for you to get a top 10K finish. So, yeah, don't don't beat yourself up. And I think something I'm guilty of and a lot of people are guilty of is is looking at your overall rank too much. You know, it's game week, what are we? We're game week 16. Overall rank doesn't matter, but we still look at it because it's in the top corner of the website every time we log in and we get bogged down by it, you know, I really wish the overall rank wasn't there because I I wouldn't even look at it if it, if it wasn't there. I wouldn't go trying to find it because as I say, game week thirty eight is the only time that it matters. You know, when 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 May and June rolls around, if someone asks you what what was your rank in game week sixteen, you're not going to know. You're not going to remember. All you're going to remember is is where you are at the end of the season, and that's all that matters. And that's something you should try and do. Try ignore your overall rank and try not to worry too much about where you are in your mini league. Don't don't worry that you're seventh in your mini league now. You know, worry about where you are in, in game week 37, 38, because that's all that matters. Question from Aaron. What is the plan for game week 18 with Liverpool players? So my plan is pretty straightforward. I've got Trent and I've got Manny. Now, my initial plan is to just bench those two that game week because I'm going to want them long term most likely well there's probably a few question marks over Trent Alexander-Arnold which I'm going to get to soon because I've got wildcard on the back of my mind uh, and I'm going to I've left that question to li- deliberately until last because it's probably going to be a long-winded answer um, quite simply uh, I plan to bench Manny and Trent for game week 18 uh, and then wildcard thereafter um, so yeah, that, that's that's my plan quite simply for that one. Um, question from Jake: What to do with Zaha? Back to back blanks. Is it time to let him go for a better option or keep the face faith because of favourable fixtures? Um, yeah, so I brought in Zaha two game weeks ago. It's been a bit of a disaster, but I think I'm probably going to give him two more weeks. He's got Brighton and Newcastle next. Um, I do think selling them is absolutely fine. You know, sometimes it's good to admit that maybe it wasn't the best transfer we did. Maybe we got excited because he had back-to-back goals and he had good fixtures. I still think it was a good. I think it was a, it was a justifiable justifiable transfer. It's easy to say in hindsight now that it was a mistake, but um, I think if you can get if you can upgrade him to the likes of Madison and Pulisic and these guys and and, and Grealish even, I think that's fine to move him on as well. But Again, it goes back to me having other issues to deal with, with with Game Week 18 in mind. So he's probably going to get two more weeks for me against Brighton and Newcastle. Uh, and hopefully he can, you know, repay the faith there. You know, Palace just, like I said earlier, they don't score many goals. Um, so maybe maybe if I had looked into the stats a bit more, you know, uh, before I made that transfer, I would have been maybe more reluctant to bring Zaha in. Maybe it was a bit of a nostalgic pick as well because he's been a good asset over the last couple of seasons. But again, I'm still hopeful. Brighton were pretty poor defensively against Wolves and, and Newcastle. 
you know, have been conceding goals as well. So I am hopeful that hopefully that, that he can come good over them two game weeks. But I'm probably not expecting too much there. So selling them I think is absolutely fine. Right, last question, and this is a big one. This is about this is about uh this is about wildcard. So a question from Dave was which players are you looking to bring in with your wildcard? So first of all I'll mention the players I am interested in bringing in and then I'll talk a little bit about what my current thoughts are about wildcard because my thinking has changed slightly. So first of all, the players I'd be looking at getting on a wild card are goalkeeper would probably be the Palace guy, Guetta, uh, or Matt Ryan. Uh, I've only got Vardy from Leicester, so I need more Leicester cover. I, w- I would probably go Sayonku or Evans, and I want to get Madison as well. In terms of Spurs, I've only got Ali. I would like to get Son, and I'd probably get Aurier on, on a wild card as well. Uh, in terms of Manchester United, I want Rashford. If I couldn't afford him on a wild card, I would probably get Martial as an alternative. They've got really good fixtures. I really like Pulisic. A lot of people are going to be selling Pulisic because he's got four blanks. But you know, watching him in those four games and looking at his numbers from those four games, I really cannot understand how he has blanked in, in those four games. So I like the idea of getting him in when you know probably a lot of people are are losing patience with him. I think I think Pulisic will have a big second half of the season for Chelsea. Um, so I like him on a wild card as well. I've made, you know, I've I've started to tinker around, tinker around with a with a possible wild card this week, which which is never a good idea because whenever you do that, you just want to activate it that week. So, I've said on previous podcasts that game week twenty was when I was eyeing up the wild card, which is the last game week that you can use it. But I had a look at, you know, a, you know, a deeper look at the fixtures this week, and I was looking at the squad I would put together for game week twenty, and I was looking at their fixtures in game week nineteen. So. I'm just going to get them up in front of me here. Game week 19, a lot of the teams I would be targeting and the players I would be targeting on a wildcard have really good fixtures. So that makes me think I should go a week earlier, uh, go game week 19 to get those good fixtures rather than waiting until game week 20. So got the fixtures here now. Spurs are at home to Brighton, game week 19. So I like a Spurs triple up there. Um, Chelsea are home to Southampton in game week 19. So Pulisic, I would like him for that one alongside Abraham. Uh, Crystal Palace are at home to West Ham so if I got the goalkeeper and if I held on to Kelly I like the defensive double up at home to West Ham there for Crystal Palace Uh, what else is here Manchester United are at home to Newcastle game week 19 so there's your Rashford your Martial a very good fixture there as well the only downside uh, to to wildcard game week 19 is probably the fact that Leicester play Liverpool but you know if I had Vardy Madison Mane I would happily play all three in that game you know there, there could be plenty of goals in that one um so initially I was thinking to move my wildcard plans back a week to game week 19 but then I had another look today and I've put a wildcard squad together today that I could you know if I hit the button today I'd be very happy with with the wildcard squad um so a lot of those players that I mentioned I would probably lose probably lose Trent and go completely budget defence just to allow that Vardy, Rashford, Abraham front line with, you know, a midfield of Manny, Ali, Son, and then one of Madison or Pulisic. Uh, that would leave a defence of the likes of Soyunku, Aurier, you know, Lundstrom would stay, Kelly would stay, and then I don't know who the fifth one would be, but it would be a cheap defender as well. So I've really got myself into a pickle now. You know, I've <laughs> In terms of my transfers this week, it's going to be one extreme or the other. I'm either going to bank my transfer or I'm going to wildcard. So <laughs> it's, it's one extreme or the other. If I if I bank my transfer this week, 
it will be with a view to wildcard game week 19. Uh, so in game week 18, I would have two free transfers and I would get Grealish in for Cantwell if he doesn't get booked this weekend. And I would to do that, I would get rid of Tamori and just go down to a 4.1 or 4.2 million defender. So I'm really torn now. I'm really torn having put that team together. So if I look at my team on paper for this weekend, game week 17, it looks pretty strong. You know, Pope's home to Newcastle, even though he's been awful recently. Trent is home to Watford. Uh, De Bruyne has got Arsenal. Zaha has got Brighton. So there's, you know, Jimenez has got Spurs. There's probably five players that I would lose on a wild card. So I've got a way up, you know, I've got a way up that game week 17 team that I've got at the minute and weighed up against, you know, the wild card team, which would probably involve bringing in Madison and Soyunku, who've got Norwich at home. Uh, it would get me Son, who I really want, um, you know, and it would just improve things overall in the squad. So, you know, losing Trent would probably be the hardest part of that, but, you know, it is only one game because I, I probably don't mind losing Trent um, probably for a five or six week period, you know, looking at Liverpool's fixtures, if it allows me to get that power front four or or, or front five, um, uh, front six, I should say, you know, four four strong midfielders uh, and then three strong forwards. That's actually seven. So, uh, you know, that's what happens when you record a podcast early in the morning, uh, the the maths is not is not very good. So that it's Tuesday. I think Champions League is going to play a big part in my decision making here. So you know the Spurs guys are probably going to get the week off in the Champions League. Rashford's probably going to get the night off. You know if Pulisic gets the Champions League off tonight as well, I think that will push me towards a wild card this week. I'm really torn, and I probably won't make a decision until until you know later in the week, Thursday, Friday. I don't worry too much about team value. Um, so you know, even if I don't decide midweek, I don't mind you know having a having a build it later in the game week. So I wish I had an answer for you. I don't. I've, I've I've probably fried my brain, you know, doing this podcast in terms of the wild card. So I really I'm really fifty fifty. I think on this week, it's either going to be this week or it's going to be game week nineteen. So moving on to captaincy, touching on captaincy quickly for game week seventeen. Vardy home to Norwich, no brainer for me. I'm not going to move it away from Vardy. Uh, Manny is a very good option against Watford, as is Salah. You know, depends on, you know, let's see what happens with Liverpool Champions League this week as well. How many minutes will those two guys get? I always like Vardy because he gets a rest uh, over over the likes of Manny. So, you know, you don't get a better fixture than Norwich at home. So, for me, in form, he's delivered for me five game weeks in a row. There's no reason for me to move away from Vardy. Uh, Abraham, I think, is a good option as well at home to Bournemouth without Nathan Ake. Uh, Rashford is at home to Everton which is a decent option as well but Everton were really good at the weekend you know beating Chelsea bit of a manager bounce there under Duncan Ferguson probably absolutely just roaring in their faces before kickoff. I think there were some crazy stats from that game you know the tackles that Everton put in I think they put in more tackles than any other team this season and there, there might have been some kind of stat that they put in more tackles or, or they ran more than they have done in the last 10 seasons so if ever there was a manager bounce there's one um, so that that probably enough to put me off Rashford against Everton when there is other good options like you know Vardy, Mane, and Salah. Um, I've mentioned my transfers. It's going to be a bank or it's going to be a wild card. So let's see what happens there for the next couple of days. If you've enjoyed the podcast and you want to know what I'm doing later in the week, uh, I will be doing another uh, Patreon podcast on Thursday. If you enjoy the podcast and you just want to support me in what I do, I do this full time. So you can do so patreon.com forward slash FPL General. 
Anyone who is in London on Friday evening, Friday night, I'm travelling down from Glasgow with FPL Dave to attend the Who Got the Assist slash Fantasy Football Hub FPL meetup. I'm calling it my my own Christmas party because I, because I work from home. Um, I do. I have two supermarkets beside me. I've got a little. I've got an Aldi and I've got and I've got a Morrison supermarket. And because I don't have because I work for myself, I was tempted to ask. Uh, Ask if I could join the the supermarket on the on their on their Christmas party, but thankfully this is happening instead. So this is going to be my Christmas night out in London. So if any of you are in London Friday night, the Marleybone Sports Bar and Grill pop in. There's going to be a lot of people there. I think the guys are probably underestimating how many people are going to turn up there. So it should be a great night. Um, it's dangerous because the deadline is Saturday morning, so a lot of people there are going to be having having a few bevies and, and, and making transfers and all that. So I, I'm going to be I'm going to try and be careful, especially if I wildcard. It could be an absolute disaster. I activate my wildcard this week and then go to that meetup and, and wake up on, on Saturday morning with, with Andy Carroll and, and Theo Walcott and my team. So I'm going to have to be careful. I need to make sure I, I wake up before half 11 on Saturday. Um, but yeah, pop in. Pop in if you're in London. Should be a great night. You know, Looking forward to meet, meeting uh, like-minded individuals to talk FPL. Just have, and just have a really good good night out. That's that's the best thing about FPL. Brings bring strangers together. Uh, I had a really good meet up in Glasgow a couple of weeks ago. Ten, I think it was about ten of us. You know, none of us knew knew each other beforehand, and we had a really good day just watching the games and chatting about FPL. I just want to finish the podcast this week on on a sad note. Um, anyone who has been part of the FPL community for the last you know two or three seasons will be aware of of uh, an amazing family: Gemma, Chris, and Harrison. Chris has been battling cancer the last couple of years and unfortunately passed away yesterday, which I find myself getting getting upset, you know, reading reading the tweets and seeing some of them pictures. Um, just a heartbreaking story. Um, you know, just a, they've been an inspiration over the last couple of seasons for me and I'm sure for many other people as well. And, and I know this story has touched a lot of people in the FPL community and, and it really puts life into perspective and it puts FPL into perspective. So, you know, next time, next time you're having a bad game week or you find yourself getting frustrated with FPL just think of that family think of Chris think of Gemma and think of Harrison and you know there is more important things to life than FPL and um, there is a there is a just given page uh, set up uh, and I, I, don- I donated myself yesterday and I, and I retweeted it as well and it, you know I would love if, if some of my some of my listeners could could donate to that as well just just to just to send a few bob and, and good wishes um, to Harrison and Gemma at this tough time. So if, if you go to my Twitter page and just scroll down, you'll see I retweeted that Just Given page yesterday. So if you can donate a few bob, please do. Amazing family. Uh, and it really it really touched me, that story, and, and, and thinking of them at this tough time. Um, so good luck. Good luck in Game Week 17, folks. Uh, I hope it's a good one. Green arrows, and, and hopefully, and even if it's not green arrows, you know, it is only FPL at the end of the day. So enjoy your weekend, whatever you're up to. Enjoy the Champions League this week. Uh, hopefully see a few of you in London on Friday and I'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. Thanks for listening, folks.